want to go quickly to the Word of God. Will you open up your Bibles to Exodus chapter 2? Exodus chapter 2, and that's verse, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Exodus chapter 2, verses 1 through verse 6. And when you have it, will you stand with me for the reading of God's Word? Now, you'll know how sometimes I say I'm not going to be before you long. Today, I can't be before you long. <laughs> I have to be at the other church by 11, all right? Exodus chapter 2, verse 1 through verse 6, when you have it, say, I have the bread. And there went a man of the house of Levi and took to wife a daughter of Levi. And the woman conceived and bare a son. And when she saw him, that he was a goodly child, she hid him three months. And when she could not, it was, she could no longer hide him, she took for him an ark of bulrushes and daubed it with slime and with pitch and put the child therein and she laid it in the flags by the river's brink. And his sister stood afar off to wit what would be done to him. And the daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river and her maidens walked along by the river's side. And when she saw the ark among the flags, she sent her maid to fetch it and when she had opened it she saw the child and behold the babe wept and she had compassion on him and said this is one of the Hebrew children and all of God's people said amen be seated in the presence of the Lord I want to speak to you for for a moment from the subject release it to the water everybody said out of your mouth release it to the water Breathing is a matter of inhaling and exhaling. In the same way, living is a continual cycle of receiving and releasing. Yes. Receiving stimulates us, it, it excites us, it galvanizes us. When it's time to receive, it exhilarates us. It's the posture of our birthdays and our, of our anniversaries and Christmas, especially if you're a child, it's all about receiving. To those who are the recipients, there's no mental anguish surrounding the gift. Uh, there's no cost associated with your posture other than just having to wait. All you must do is hold your hand out and receive. But, but life is not just about receiving, Elder Brittany. It's not it also encompasses releasing and many of us have struggled in times past with this concept it's all about timing really we want to hold on to things and people forever but everything everything is not forever it's not and holding on to a good thing past its time can turn into a bad thing Ecclesiastes 11 says this. Uh, Ecclesiastes, I think it's verse two, chapter 2, says, For everything there is a, a time and a what? And a season. Kenny Rogers said this. You've got to know when to hold them. You've got to know when to fold them. You've got to know when it's okay to walk away. and You've got to know when it's time to run. I was a country DJ for a while, so that's why I know that stuff. 
I want you to come and pray this with me. Raise your hands. I want you to pray this. Say, Lord, give me the wisdom to know how and when to release things and people. Amen. Many of us need to go to our closets during this 4th of July celebration and with all those clothes say, Lord, give me the wisdom to know how and when to get rid of some of this stuff. You know why? Because we are hoarders. I preached a whole message on it. Many of us hold on to things, people, situations, hurt so long that we forget we got them. We were here at the church the other day and we were going from room to room and I was telling everybody, I said, listen, we're expanding. Y'all need to get this stuff out of that room. Get that stuff out of the room. Whose stuff is this? What is this? What, what is this? Get that. Get that out. And then I got to a room and I said, oh, wow. This is my stuff. Oh, but this is good right here. Oh, no. But, you know, we can use this. It's stuff that I didn't even remember I had, but now it's hard for me to part from it. But look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, it's taking up space. It's taking up space in our hearts. It's taking up space in our spirits. It's taking up space in our minds. And it's even affecting our physical bodies. I remember at the old church, I had a desktop computer and it started running slow. I was like, I need a new computer. I told Ashley. She was my secretary at the time. And y'all know Ashley, she works on everything and tinks around. I said, I need a new computer. She sat down at my desk, and in a minute, few minutes, she told me, Pastor, you don't need another computer. You just need to close out some of these windows. When you're not releasing things in your life, it hinders you from operating at the optimum speed and capability that's in you. What many of us would do then, what many of us would do, we won't delete it. We'll save it just in case we need it at a later time, not realizing that you're still taking up space. Look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, I've got to learn how to release. Let that unforgiveness go. When you don't release unforgiveness, it fossilizes and turns into bitterness. And then that bitterness will be equivalent to you drinking poison, but waiting for the other person to die. You don't want to release it because it's the thing that you have over your spouse. It's become a token of control. I don't want to release it because my dysfunction gives me attention that I'm afraid of losing. I'm afraid of releasing it because then I have to discover who am I without it. Help me, Josh Whitaker. My grandmother always told me that a closed hand is a, it binds a man. It, a closed hand binds a man. If your hand is closed, nothing is coming in and nothing is going out. Somebody shout, I release it. I release toxicity. I release unforgiveness. I release bitterness. Pain and hurt, I release it. Oh, 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 oh. But sometimes hurt and pain is not what you release, but hurt and pain can come as a result of what you had to release. Because the truth is, 
oh yes, I'm going to release the toxicity. I'm going to release the pain. I'm going to release the unforgiveness. But all things we're called to give up or release are not things that are bad. That's why it becomes complicated. That's why we struggle so much. Because if we're holding on to it, that means there's some sort of benefit that we get from it. But the mere fact that we're called to release it can cause the anguish of soul, the aching of our body. Have you ever had to give up something until it hurt physically? Even the breaking of your own heart. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. Releasing it. When we talk about the patriarchs of the faith, of course we'll talk about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Moses, and David. And there's no discussion concerning the matriarchs unless we talk about Sarai, Rebecca, Leah, or Rachel. But I believe there's one woman who I consider an unsung heroine of the Torah. I believe she's quite overlooked in the story of the Exodus. And her name is often lost to a simple pronoun, she. But her name is Jochebed. A woman born into captivity in Egypt, a member of the would-be priestly tribe of Levi among the Hebrews, although she was born into captivity, she, along with the other people around her, heard the promise of deliverance. Didn't know how it was going to happen. Hallelujah. Didn't know when it was going to happen, but yet she believed that deliverance would come. I need you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, whatever you do, don't stop believing for deliverance. My believing in deliverance institute is instituted by my hope, my hope and aspiration that something is going to change. However, while she's waiting, uh, while she's waiting on deliverance, she's in conflict. She's in conflict. She's, she's pregnant. Pregnancy is a beautiful thing, but she's pregnant at the most inconvenient time. You see, she already had an older, older child running around the house like she was grown, Miriam. And she had a three-year-old toddler named Aaron, but now she's pregnant with her third baby. A moment that should have been surrounded by joy was met with great intensity because Jochebed's problem was not just the potential of a full house full of kids, but that the Pharaoh had decreed death to every Hebrew male child born. And daily, while rubbing her belly and feeling the kick of her child she could hear the screams and the wailing of other Hebrew women in Goshen where she lived you see they were snatching male babies from the arms of these mothers and throwing their babies in the Nile who can imagine Jochebed's level of anxiety during this time and maybe it's what helped her or pushed her to go into labor because she goes into labor, she has a child and to her excitement and to her nightmare, she realizes she has a boy. Knowing that at any moment her gift from God could be snatched from her, she decided to hide him. Y'all stay with me, I'm almost there. She hid, she hid him. That's a hard lesson that many of us have had to learn. And that's that you can't expose everything you know. And you can't share everything you have. Herod wanted the address to Jesus' birthday party, but he wasn't coming to celebrate. 
The serpent in the garden was giving Eve advice, but everyone who's giving you advice is not trying to help you. You have to learn to hide it until it's time. Tell your neighbor, I know you got some good ideas, but you have to hide it until it's time. You have to protect what God has given you in its stage of infancy. She hid him, Andre, for three months. He was a good baby. She hid him until she couldn't hide him anymore. She hid him until God answered. She hid him until she got a strategy. Because having a vision itself is not success. It's when your vision has legs. It's called strategy implementation. In other words, well, I've been thinking about, uh, I've been thinking about, I've been looking around about, I've been, I'm, I'm about to and I'm getting ready. Listen, that ain't success. Success is when you take it from speaking it to actually doing something about it. Somebody lift up your hands and say, Lord, I receive strategy for my vision. She, she realized that if she held on to her baby, he was going to die. She realized that she no longer had the ability to keep him safe. She recognized Danny. The fact that if that she didn't have the means to take care of him. And some of you gotta release family members. You know, Pastor Westgate and I talk about it often. You know, my father left me before I was born. <laughs> my mother was pregnant with me when he went away and married somebody else while she was engaged to him. Pastor Westgate's daddy left when he was seven and never came back. And my daddy, when he came back into my life, he said something to me that annoyed me, it upset me, and it took, me, it took a minute to settle in me. Because sometimes a pill can be bitter, but it can be healing. He looked at me after I preached my first sermon, and he said, I'm glad I wasn't there for you. Is this what you're going to say to me? I just came off of this platform feeling accomplished, feeling like I had done something. And the first thing you say to me is I'm glad I wasn't there for you. Because he looked at me and said, because if I was there for you when you were being brought up, you wouldn't be the person that you are. And if you're not the person you are, you couldn't be who you need to be to the people you're called to be. He says, I didn't have the capacity. My God. People can't give you the love they never had. They can't be for you what they don't know to be for you. What they haven't been exposed to. So she took a risk. Not out of hate, but out of love. She, she released him to the water. Oh my, I got to wrap this up now. I released you because I was too broken myself to heal you. I released you because I would have raised you in an environment that would have fixed it where you really had no chance. I released you not because I didn't want you or not because I didn't love you, because I loved you and I love you now, 
but I released you because I believe someone had the capacity to love you better. Maybe that's too heavy of a conversation on a Sunday morning. There comes a time in your life where you have to put all that you love. You have to put all of your ambitions, all of your dreams and aspirations, and sometimes even your children. You didn't raise them, you didn't train them, and and now they're grown. Got to put them in the basket. You got to... You got to put them in a vessel and release them to the water. Uh Uh-oh. She puts her baby boy in water in the midst of reeds and bulrushes near Pharaoh's daughter. See, Pharaoh's daughter hears the baby cry and she pulls him out of the water and they name him Moses. Not the mother. Pharaoh's daughter names him Moses. Why did she call him Moses? Because he was pulled or drawn out of the water. And because, help me Marlon, he was born through water and pulled out of water in the future, water shouldn't intimidate him. <laughs> Look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, you can't be intimidated by what you were born in. Hallelujah. Some of us, uh, warfare don't intimidate us because we were born in warfare. Some of us, poverty don't intimidate us. We were born in poverty. Some of us, challenges don't intimidate us because I ate challenges for breakfast. While y'all were eating Pop-Tarts, I was eating challenges. She released her baby to the water. All right, I got to go. But until you release it, it won't find its purpose. David released the stone and it took down a giant. Esther said, I'm going in this room, I'm going to shoot my shot. And she saved her people from genocide. Jochebed, Jochebed was carrying the deliverance that she prayed for. But it didn't work for her or her people until she released it to the water. Look at somebody to the left and the right and you tell them release it to the water. Release it. Not just any water, not just any environment, not just any company of people, but to the right one. Safe waters in the direction of somebody who can work with it. In the direction of somebody who can handle it. Handle all that you are. Release it. Chocobed realized, if I don't release it, I'm going to lose it. Because you thought releasing it meant losing it. But anything you're supposed to have always comes back. If it's of God, it can survive separation. Ecclesiastes 11, 11 says, cast your bread upon the waters, for in a few days it's coming back to you. I need you to look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, release it to the water. It's coming back. It's coming back. The dream, whatever you thought you had to put down, whatever you thought you had to sacrifice, whatever you thought you was giving up. Today we celebrate Independence Day. 
Because our country won a war that was fought because another country didn't want to release what it birthed. In the beginning, God created the heaven and earth, and the earth was our form and void. And the Spirit of the Lord moved upon the face of the waters, and the garden is empty, so he creates a man. In the days of Noah, the Spirit is striving with man. God creates a vessel, an ark, hallelujah, and to put humanity inside of it to save man. In this text today, Miriam, the oldest sister, is a symbol of the Holy Spirit guiding the vessel that's in water that contains a son. In all these texts, we have the spirit of vessel and water. When God got ready to save humanity, God, a spirit, poured himself out as water into a vessel to become our deliverer. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end, and he will reign. I need a praise right there. He will reign on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish and to sustain it with justice and righteousness from the, that time and forevermore the zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. First John 5 and 7 says for there are three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost and these three are one. And there are three that bear witness in the earth the spirit, the water, and the blood, and these three agree in one. It's all Jesus. He's the spirit. He's the vessel. He's the son. It's all Jesus. What it took 3,237 biblical Old Testament characters to communicate, 613 laws uh, to, to, to articulate. When Jesus came, we beheld him as the express communication of God, the express image of the invisible God. And then the Bible says Nicodemus comes to him by night and says unto Jesus, how can I be saved? How, how? And Jesus says, you must be born again. And he says, how can I go back in my mama's stomach? He said, no, except the man be born of the water and of the spirit. And then in chapter 2 of Acts verse 37, when they heard this gospel preached, they were pricked in their hearts and they said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, y'all help me because I'm going to preach the gospel, I'm going to go home. Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and ye shall shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Jesus says, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Well, we're over in the book of Acts and the scripture tells us that there's an Ethiopian eunuch that's sitting in 
a chariot and he's reading the scroll of Isaiah and he's reading it where it says for he was wounded for our transgressions and he was bruised for our iniquities and the chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we are here Philip being translated picked up and dropped down by his chariot it's not by accident tell you neighbor there's no accidents with God Philip could have been dropped off in any place around the world but God dropped him off by a chariot finding a man that's reading a scripture and Philip asked him do you understand what you are reading he says how can I understand let somebody explain it to me well Philip says you know when you turn it says he was wounded he was talking about Jesus he was bruised it was talking about Jesus taking on the chastisement of our peace it was talking about Jesus and then the eunuch looked at Philip and said well 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 I believe what you say well here's water in other words he says release me to the water take me to the water take me stand on your feet all about him this whole this whole Bible it's all about him they those before the cross point to him we after the cross point back to him but Jesus be the center of it all I pray that just as quickly as you receive that you will be postured in this life to be willing and able to release. Release it to the water. Hey, this is Bishop S.Y. Younger. Thank you for watching this video. And now what I need you to do is like and subscribe to this YouTube channel so you can continue to get more inspirational, motivational, and gospel content in your direction.